Hey everybody, welcome back. This week, I want to go through some interesting information that came out in a study recently about content creators, content entrepreneurs. And this is a study called The Unconventionals. It was created by uh, the email newsletter, The Tilt. If you don't know The Tilt, you can find it at thetilt.com. It's an email newsletter delivered twice a week which is dedicated to helping the content creators. So this goes across bloggers, podcasters, YouTubers, the, the runs the gamut. And it gives them ideas and helps them out and, and you know studies stuff from the industry that could help people. So this, this survey, the Content Entrepreneur Benchmark Research Study called The Unconventionals, was a report uh, based on the survey of more than 1,400 content creators and you know you know you might not think that 1400 is a lot but they also had help uh, getting this information uh, from larger entities like Libsyn, active campaign the email provider and youpreneur so they helped with this and i want to take a second to, in today's episode to go through this report because it's pretty interesting you know they asked a lot of questions they asked a lot of questions about revenue streams they asked what motivates content creators content entrepreneurs uh, what they're doing to build a content business how they earn revenue what they expect to achieve who they are uh, more and just plenty more information so if you want to download this you can go to the tilt.com research to find it so here's some of the things that they shared in this who are content entrepreneurs okay so these aren't people who consider themselves influencers. These aren't people who consider themselves just thought leaders. These are people who are building businesses based on their content, okay? They do it with the singular focus of growing and monetizing their audiences by filling a specific informational need, okay? So they're kind of building something similar to a media company. And in the survey, they found that of those that were surveyed, 40% were Gen X, okay? 32% were millennials, 23% were baby boomers, and 5% were Gen Z. So these are across a large range of ages that, that are content entrepreneurs that are creating these things. And there was a, a split between those who were doing it full-time, 52%, and those that thought of it as a side gig, 48%. So pretty good representation here. Now, they asked what motivated these people to be content entrepreneurs. And in general, most of these answers, I would say, is flexibility. Okay, so a lot of them like independence, 78%, pursuing their passion, uh, 73%, flexible work hours, 69%, enjoying your work hours, 60%, earning more than a traditional job, 43%, choosing where you live, 43%, more time with family, 42%. So a lot of it was based on flexibility, which is something um, we hear a lot here. One of the uh, other interesting answers was people wanting to challenge themselves, 59% go into this. So that is up there as well. But again, a lot of it came down to flexibility, so independence, things like that. Nine out of 10 in a separate question actually agreed that they became content entrepreneurs to achieve financial freedom on their own terms. Okay, so I know a lot of you are doing that with your content. You're pivoting out of a, a corporate career. You're taking your knowledge and expertise and becoming a, a consultant, things like that. So you're in line with a lot of content entrepreneurs out there. 
Then they asked a really important question about how content entrepreneurs grow their audience. And search engine optimization, SEO for short, was the only audience growth tactic that was actually cited by more than half of the content entrepreneurs. So SEO is still primarily important for content creators out there who are needing to grow their audiences. Some of the other answers, uh, hashtags came in second, so in social media, cited by 48%. Partnerships, okay, again, we've talked about partnering up, collaborating across partnerships with other creators or entrepreneurs came in third, 44%. And then closely behind that was social media advertising, so Facebook ads, things like that, 43%. But there's a few other things in this study if you wanna look at it, partnering with brands, uh, search engine advertising, audience surveys that were much smaller, but that are also included in there if you wanna see some of those answers. answers. And of the full-time, the group of full-time content creators that were included, the median amount that they invested in their businesses to start was $10,000. So think about that. When we've talked about you know investing to build a website or start a podcast or create products, uh, take courses to learn things, those types of things, hire, uh, outsource, $10,000 is pretty reasonable, I think, to, to get to that. So that, that rings true with some of the things we've been saying on this podcast that you know, you're gonna need to invest a little bit to create one of these businesses. Now, they also asked about revenue. Any business that's successful, it comes down to how much money <laughs> they're bringing in, right? So of those they surveyed who operate their content businesses full-time, the median annual revenue was $50,000, okay? And if they had more experience doing it, they had higher revenue. So it went up over time. The median revenue for content entrepreneurs in business for four to seven years was $100,000, while those at it longer for seven years saw a median revenue of $125,000. So over time, it's going to go up. But again, if you're full-time, you're going to have that uh, higher income. No single revenue stream, this is interesting as well, dramatically outweighed others in terms of being the most profitable. 16% cited online courses and workshops hosted on their platform as their most profitable revenue stream, while 13% cited advertising, sponsored content, that type of stuff, followed by affiliate marketing and speaking at 9%. Let me recap those. Online courses, workshops within your own platform. So not like uh, on Lynda or LinkedIn Learning or Thinkific or something like that, but on your own platform that you control, 16%. Advertising and sponsored content, 13%. So I would also say that's probably more bloggers and social media content creators, YouTubers potentially, because in podcasting, we know that it's really only that top 5% that's make a significant amount of money from advertising. Affiliate marketing, so commissions and things like that from sales of other people's products, 9%. Speaking fees, also 9%. And some of the others that were included, membership fees, so membership sites, 7% responded that. Uh, sales of books, 7%. Online courses and workshops on a third-party site was 6%. And then all the way down at the bottom, live events, donations, things like that was only 3% of most people's revenue sources. 
So they also found that the number of revenue sources differed between full-time and part-time content entrepreneurs. Full-time content entrepreneurs had at least four different revenue sources, while part-timers relied only on one or two. So in terms of where these content creators saw their businesses going next and what their goals were, well, like what's next for them? They see a big potential in their businesses. Over half of the respondents, 57%, say they want to employ a few or many people. Okay, They want to have a team. 36% indicating they want to be solopreneurs. Okay, So over half think they're going to need a team. And I would agree. This is like how I built my business and outsourced a lot of things and had hired contractors to help out. And then again, only 6% intended to keep this as a hobby. 57% 57% want a team, 36 were going to stay solopreneurs, 6% just want to keep it as like a side hustle or a hobby. And finally, one of the interesting points that they mentioned in this study was that one of the challenges about being a content entrepreneur, so basing your business on your content, was that the owner, the entrepreneur, whoever, acts as the personality of the business. So this is the idea of, you know, the personal brand is you. And if your business is based on a personal brand, which I do recommend, I think it's a good thing. I think it's one of the things that people want in in today's world. They want to be connected to the person. But the problem was, is that they felt it would be more difficult to step away from the business. So only 13% of content entrepreneurs here surveyed say they actually have an eventual plan to sell their business. So for a lot of content entrepreneurs, this is something that they're doing because they love it, they want the flexibility, and so they plan to stick with it. They're not, they don't have an exit strategy. They're not going to sell it in five or six years necessarily. They're still going to be the face of the business. Now, I would say that to, to most of them, there are ways to find team members that can help you build the business, keep it going with you remaining the face and maybe focusing on one little portion of the business, which maybe is the creation of the content. Like we talked about several episodes ago in outsourcing and and thinking of what things can I outsource easily? What can I train someone else to do? And what stuff do I have to do? Well, content is probably one of those things that if you're doing a podcast or you're doing a YouTube channel or something like that, you're going to be the one creating the content because it's your face, it's your voice. Now you might be able to have somebody write blogs for you. Uh, Like with our clients, we repurpose their podcast episodes into blog posts sometimes and and write um, several blog posts from one podcast episode. If you're doing that, you could probably find somebody to write those, but if you're recording a podcast, doing video, it needs to be you. So I really thought this was an interesting study. I liked a lot of the answers. I liked a lot of the information that they got. So please take a chance to to check it out. Again, you can find it if you go to thetilt.com slash research. Um, and go ahead and subscribe to their their email newsletter as well. It's it's pretty great. And so I hope this information was helpful for you. I will be back with you next week. And I'm just looking at my schedule here to give you an idea of what we'll be talking about. Next week, I'm going to have some Im- interesting information about imposter syndrome. We're going to talk in depth about imposter syndrome, why it happens, and some of the ways you can combat it and get over it. Thank you very much for joining me and I will see you next week.